Welcome to the Car Project Podcast, where we equip you to understand and study the Bible and find joy along the way. We're so glad you're here. Hi, we're back with the Car Project. I'm Heather. I'm Sarah. And we are on day six of our 12-day journey through the Christmas story. We are uh, doing these bite-sized podcasts that coincide with our Hope Have Come cards. Um, today we're on day six, and you can download these cards off of our website to follow along with us as we dive into the Christmas story. Today we're going to focus on Elizabeth. Sarah, where do you want to take us today? Well, we're going to start with context, actually, because this the passage for today is you know a, a small passage, but we actually learn a little bit more about Elizabeth, both before and after this. Yeah. And not only Elizabeth, but also her husband, Zachariah. Love it. So we're going to look at some context, the surrounding text, and we're going to go back. We're in Luke's gospel right now. And context is something you get from our Car Bible Study yes. Guide. We love to do that. It's probably one of our most favorite things to do is to understand a story deeper by reading the text around the passage. Always. All right. Yeah, so we're, we're in Luke 1. We're going to do that today. Yeah. So remember, actually, even on, on day one, Luke introduced, the author Luke introduced Zechariah, who served as a priest mm-hmm. for God. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary of the Lord, an angel appeared to him. That's right. Remember that? And Zechariah was told, this angel told him that his prayer had been answered and that his wife, Elizabeth, would have a son. And the son, they were supposed to name him John. Now, Zechariah, he didn't believe the angel, probably because they were both well along in years. Mm-hmm. They're past childbearing age. So Zechariah doesn't believe the angel. And the angel, as a result, uh, says that he's going to be unable to speak until the child is born. Okay. You know, but I don't, I don't know about you, but I I feel like I've been there. You know, God answers one of my prayers, but when he does, I'm a little skeptical and I still don't believe like, man, Lord, is that really you? I, I, you know, I can, I could see where Zachariah might have a little bit of like, huh, I, I don't know if I really see, see this or not. I, I totally agree. I could be such a skeptic, I, even though it's something I've been praying for. Completely. Oh, yes. I, I Absolutely. So, okay. So when Zachariah goes into the sanctuary to do his priestly duties, he could speak, right? Yep. And it says that there was an assembly of people praying outside. And so let's pick up the story in Luke one twenty one. Okay. It says, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he did not come out, he or when he did come out, he could not speak to them. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. Man, that's interesting because Zechariah's disbelief caused him to not be able to speak, but his mm-hmm. speechlessness also alerted people that something remarkable was yeah. actually happening here. Zechariah mm-hmm. had seen this vision from God, and obviously people were taking notice. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm glad that you noticed that, because put a pin in that, because we're going to circle back to okay, that cool. in a little bit here. So let's pick it up in verse 24, and this is where the story shifts to Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth. So in Luke one twenty four, it says, After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor uh, in, the, in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. You know, you know, I, I've often wondered why Elizabeth kept herself secluded for five months, because mm-hmm. we really don't have an answer here. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't say it, but many of the commentaries that I've I've looked over had guesses as to why, and it could have been fear of miscarriage because she was very old and, you know, she didn't know if that was going to necessarily happen. That was one of the guesses. Mm-hmm. Another one was that maybe there, she was wanting to avoid the attention from family and friends because a lot of people, you know, had this unbelief or this curiosity about what was going on in Zachariah and Elizabeth's life. But regardless of what the guesses were about why she was secluded, 
it's so sweet to see this time that Elizabeth is taking to reflect on God's goodness. You can hear it in the, her words and how she talks, especially culturally, it would have been really a big deal for her to be conceiving and to have like that, that concept mm-hmm. of con- conception was huge for them. And so she's just taking a time to revel in it and be thankful for it. I just love that. Right. Well, she says she's, uh, the Lord has taken away my disgrace among the people. So you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, to not be able to have a child in that culture was a big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. So I, um, Elizabeth is is rejoicing here. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And so now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the same angel Gabriel who visited Zachariah in the sanctuary now will visit Mary. And he tells her, and this we talked about this on day two, mm-hmm. and, and this angel tells Mary that she will conceive through the Holy Spirit and give birth to a son named Jesus. Right. And the angel also tells her that her uh, relative Elizabeth has conceived in her old age and now is in, is in her sixth month of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So Mary discovers uh, that both her and Elizabeth will conceive a son, really a, a miracle. And so what does Mary do, right? So now that this is where our story picks up in today, today's reading. So in Luke 1, 39, it says, in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. And then when you move on down to verse 56, it says, and Mary stayed with her about three months and then she returned to her home. You know, Elizabeth waited quite a bit of time, I mean, a long time yeah. to be able to conceive a son. Yeah. And now her young, not even married relative Mary will receive the same blessing. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but Mary's son Jesus is, is going to be this great, you know, the son of son of God and her son is going to be John. There's a, you know, a, di- a dynamic here that Elizabeth could have easily been like, uh, like, mm-hmm. how sad, like, this isn't exactly how I wanted to play out. But instead you see Elizabeth filled with the spirit called Mary, unborn child, my Lord. Like she just leaps for joy out of this excitement for it. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, even though Elizabeth was going to receive her own miracle, she could have been envious Mm -hmm. here, but instead she's filled with joy. This really highlights Elizabeth's character. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, it actually leads to one of our questions that we ask on, on this day is how have you ever, or have you ever been envious of what God has given others? And, you know, I when I ask this question, what comes to mind is a really embarrassing story that I hate to tell <laughs> about myself because um, I do not end up looking good in this story. But when I was about uh, 19 or 20 years old, I was living on my own in a, well, I was living in, a, in an apartment with a roommate. And I was working during the day, full time during the day. I was going to school at night. I was doing this on my own. And um, I remember I really wanted a mountain bike. Like I, I, I had saved up, and it took a while, I saved $500 to buy this mountain bike. And I finally get it. And I bring this mountain bike home. And what happens the very next day? My roommate, my friend, her dad drops off a mountain bike for her. And I should have been happy for her. I should have been excited. We can go ride bikes together now. Like, we're gonna, this, this would be great. No, I wasn't. I was, I was envious. I thought, well, I worked so hard for my bike. I don't even know that my roommate wants a bike. And here she's gifted one. She did nothing for it. And here she is gifted one. And I look at that and I thought, I think now, like, 
wow, Sarah, what that, I could have been excited for her. Mm -hmm. I could have been filled with joy for her. But the fact that she hadn't earned it, she hadn't worked for it, and something that I had, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it really... It, it did not, it was, it's, like I said, not a pretty story. No, but I think we can all relate to something mm-hmm. of that nature. It can be very easy to be env- envious of what God has given to other people. And, you know, Elizabeth yeah. easily could have had that be her, her reaction. Yeah. And yet it wasn't. She was excited not only for herself, but right? for what Mary's gift. Yeah, absolutely. How cool. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely- and it's a great challenge for us. It is. And so the second part of the question here is, how could the unique role and giftings of others bring you joy instead? Man, so this reminds me of when you and I started working together. And by mm-hmm. working together, I mean doing Bible study together. That's not really work. It's a lot more fun. Bible uh, study and ministry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing ministry together. I mean, yeah. we, you and I have very different gifts. We, we have a mm-hmm. lot that are very similar, uh-huh. um, but we also have a lot of unique gifts that mm-hmm. we each bring. And I know, you know, I can drive you nuts sometimes because <laughs> of how, you know, structured I want certain things. And I know you're also very meticulous in the way that you, um, that you study so in depth in the Bible. I just love how much detail I could either look at that as a strength or a weakness. And I absolutely look at it as right. a strength. I, I find joy in it. I'm so thankful that God gave those gifts to you. And I know that, I, I mean, I still drive you nuts, but hopefully you also find joy and, and excitement in some of the gifts that I bring as well. We could easily be jealous of each other. Right. We, but at the same time, I think we see mm-hmm. the complement mm-hmm. of what our gifts actually bring and how it mm-hmm. makes us do ministry together better. And it, 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 I see Elizabeth and, and Mary's relationship a lot in the way that you and I, you know, interact because we're having joy. We're having a lot of fun yeah. doing what we're doing, yeah. but it's because we see each other in the strengths that we have and what we're bringing and, and the joy that we each get out of using our gifts for God's glory. I don't know. It's just, this, it just this idea that, that Mary and Elizabeth both gracefully accepted the unique roles. I think we've done that ourselves, but yeah. On top of it, they're offering themselves to the Savior. They're giving themselves up to ministry for God's glory, but they're doing it with such humble obedience. Right. I just, I love seeing this example of these women and how they're interacting. It's such a good challenge for us. I do too. And there's hardly a day that goes by where I don't say, God, thank you that you made Heather really good at those things because... (laughs) Because you don't want to do them. I don't have to do them. Like, (laughs) Heather's amazing. So I I, I do love that. Now, before we wrap this up, I actually want to expand our context just a little bit more. Um, Heather, as you pointed out um, early on when Zechariah left the sanctuary and he was speechless, that the people knew that he had seen a vision, that mm-hmm. something remarkable oh, had that's happened. Right. Yeah, we were talking so about that. So I want to pick that back up because has, the story actually continues a little bit past our passage today as well. So what happens to Zechariah? right? Uh, when the baby is born. And what is the people's response? What's it going to be? So if we jump down to Luke 1, 57, starting in verse 57, it says, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth and she had a son. Then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her this great mercy and they rejoiced with her. And when they came to uh, circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zachariah after his father. But his mother responded, no, he will be called John. Then they said to her, none of your relatives has that name. So they motioned to his father to find out what he wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote his name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. What I find fascinating in this 
is that there was a consequence for Zachariah's disbelief, right? Mm -hmm. He was mute. He was speechless until the baby was born. So at least nine months, right? And so he couldn't speak. But when when he named his son John, as the Lord had instructed, as Mm -hmm. the angel had instructed, his mouth was opened and now his tongue is set free. Well, and it it was so odd of him naming a child that wasn't in the family tree. And so like Mm -hmm. these people are just shocked by this reaction of Mm -hmm. who he is and like what he's what he's pulling off i can see where they'd they would be just stunned at what was happening here they yeah absolutely and so when zachariah could speak again what was the response of the people and what i just read right fear came on all of them Mm -hmm. right and all these things were being talked about all throughout the 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 hill country of judea all who heard about it they took it to heart Mm -hmm. it says um and they were saying what then will this child become for indeed the lord's hand was with him. That's cool. I, it's so remarkable in this story that we see that that God can even use our disbelief to bring others to believe in him. Isn't that amazing? It's so cool. And it's what a great challenge for us to to go out and share our story, mm-hmm. to not regret the stories of the things that the mountain bike incident and everything else, right? We, we share the stories because... Um, you know, we don't know how it's going to be used yeah. for God's glory, and we can recognize God's hand in our life in a lot of different ways. Um, and God's going to use our story, the, the uniqueness, the the intricacies of the details of our life. He's going to be able to use if we're willing yeah. to actually share it. What a great challenge. Thank you, Sarah, for walking us through not only Elizabeth, but an extra bonus with Zechariah. Yeah. I actually love that you added that in today just because he doesn't get highlighted uh, as as much without uh, without us taking time to to focus on his story. So thank you for this. If you have not downloaded our Hope Have Come cards, make sure that you do so so you can follow along with us. And then make sure you join us for day seven as we continue to journey through the Christmas story. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening. To learn more about The Car Project, visit us at thecarproject.com. This podcast is listener supported. So if you'd like to support, head on over to our website and click give. Give.